Welcome to Tell Me More About Co-housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We have broken ground on the first co-housing project in Houston, Texas. Hello, everybody. Hi, Lynn, and hi, Jan. We have a special guest with us today. Um, one of the most interesting, I think, things about living in co-housing is that you get all these people who come to co-housing with different backgrounds and different interesting experiences and different expertise. So today we have brought Jan in because uh, Lynn and I often get the question from people like, okay, so you use consensus, but what happens when it's not working? Or what happens when mm -hmm. you don't, you can't come to consensus? Or if there's a situation where you don't want to use consensus? So we have Jan in our group. He's a member of our group, and he has some very specific expertise from working in elections over the years to help talk about the things that we have chosen to do when we do not use a consensus statement and can come to consensus, but when we voted in our group. So, hi, Jan. Hi, Jan. Welcome. So, Jan, before we get going on that, um, could you tell us just a little bit about how you came to co-housing in the first place and then maybe spill over into what exactly did you do working on elections? Um, Sandy and I have been interested in co-housing for a very long time, um, mostly because we looked at our parents and decided we didn't want to spend our golden years um, the way they did and um, without going into the reasons. The conclusion we came to is co-housing. Um, so we bought some um, books about it and tried to form our own co-housing group. And then we found out about co-housing Houston and we said, why bother? Let's just <laughs> go join them guys. Yeah. And we well, are we're glad you did. Glad. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. It would be terrible to be like the rival co-housing group yeah. from Jan and Sandra. It's much better to have I know. You. Actually, it's also useful to have you in the group because we talk to a lot of people who have the same story. They're still on the we're going to do it ourselves mode. Yeah. And I say, oh, you should call Sandra and Jan. They'll tell you about how it goes when you try and do it on your own. So, well, Jan, tell us exactly what when people say, you know, you worked with elections. Can you say a little bit more about that? Um, I um, worked for and started uh, companies that were um, engaged in public opinion research. And we did a lot of polling, uh, some of those calls that you hated getting and then loved to answer the questions because it was <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um, and I did that for quite a long time. And many of my clients uh, were, um, had um, uh, elections they were concerned with or running in as candidates themselves, or sometimes there were initiatives in the referenda just a wide variety of stuff. And I did that for a very long time. I also have mm. a degree in political science, um, although it's half a century ago, almost. Um, so I've always just been interested in politics and elections. It's kind of like a paid hobby, basically. Well, I'm glad nice. you brought your hobby to us because mm -hmm. I'm very interested in uh, this concept of ranked choice voting, which is the thing that kind of brought me to let's really talk to Jan, because I think that for political elections in the broader world, it's it's interesting. And and then I also make the connection that it does a lot of the things that we want 
um, choices in co-housing to do. Like we want there to be more options than just A or B. And we want there, we want people to have an incentive to work together on things rather than to um, just have their idea, you know, carry the day. But that's my kind of like vague, you know, link between ranked choice voting in the political world and, and then the co-housing world. And I think a lot of people maybe don't even know what ranked choice voting is. So perhaps you could explain that first, and then we can talk about how it pertains to our group in co-housing. Ranked choice voting is a way of deciding between multiple options. And, and that's and that's the, the core of it. And how it works is really, really simple if you're patient. Um, you instead of asking people, let's say there are four people running for government, instead of asking people uh, who their top choice is, you ask them to indicate who they like the most and who they like the second most and who they like third most and who they like fourth most. No, notice I didn't say like least, just fourth most, okay? It doesn't <laughs> have to be uh, yeah. something you dislike. Um, and then, you start counting votes and you find that um, not one, not a single of these four candidates um, got more than 50%. So what you do then is you say, well, who got the least votes? And um, what, who was their second choice? And then you take the first choices of those people out and you allocate their second choices across the three remaining candidates. And then you see if somebody got to 50%. And if it still didn't work, then um, you look at the second choices of the person who is now in third place and the third choices of the people um, who, whose choice got removed in the first round. And then now you're down to two people. So one of them is gonna get between his first, second, or his or her first, second, and third choices um, uh, gets to 50%. So it takes, it takes a little doing, um, and it's uh, less complicated, uh, more complicated than just first choice you won. Uh, but it has a number of benefits. One of those benefits is that um, you, you don't have to have um, the second election, like a runoff election, the way we do with primaries here in Texas. Another benefit is that um, you never end up with somebody who is elected with uh, less than half the vote. Uh, for instance, Rick Perry in Texas in 2006 was elected with 39% of the vote. Mm. You always get somewhere uh, to a point where uh, somebody actually has a majority of people uh, who express a preference for him. And it also um, leaves fewer people out. Your first choice might not win, but at least you had a role in picking the winner, unless of course you only cast one vote for the person who came in second, which is, a, which is possible. And that happens and some people do that, but it, usually people manage to have a second and a third choice. So, um, it, 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 everybody gets a voice in the end. Um, well, not everybody. Most people get a voice in the end about who gets elected. And so you end up with the majority, but it's really, uh, it involves a lot more people than 
um, just the hypothetical 39% that I mentioned in 2006. Yeah, so the people who want a voice have one, they can yeah. see themselves in that yeah. election. Yeah. The remember. other thing you can, the other, I'll get to this. The other thing you can do is you can, you can have more than one uh, person be elected. Um, um, we'll, we'll get to that point in a bit when we run through our example here, but you're not limited to just uh, electing one person. You could elect two or three people mm. and have you know lists of eight or ten people. Um, so it's a it's a good way to reduce um, a big number of options or candidates to a small number. Hmm. I heard um, Andrew Yang. He was talking about it, and he said that when he was campaigning, he would be like, "Okay, I'm not your first choice, but you know maybe I could be your second choice." And that really resonated with me for co-housing because often when we're working on a consensus statement, it might be like, well, this wasn't your first idea, but maybe you could think about this second idea and you know, maybe that would be okay with you too. It felt to me like the spirit was very similar between those two, those two ideas. Yeah, and, and that has in fact happened in um, places where you have ranked choice voting. Um, you, you tend to, um, um, not elect people from the far right or far left quite as often. You tend to mm. get a little bit closer to the center with people who, who eventually mm. win. And I can go into why that is, but um, that's a really long story. <laughs> you know, this is really, it's really interesting to hear you, Jan, talk about the mechanics behind what we've actually done in our group. And, um, you know, we don't very often in our co-housing community lead out with anything that involves any kind of a vote because we do approach it very much. Uh, the dominant style would be from a consensus decision-making um, approach. So maybe you could talk a little bit about the examples of where we have chosen to use the ranked choice voting and why you thought that was a benefit for us. Well, it, it's consensus, consensus voting is, um, um, our, our, our modus, our standard modus operandi, and I think that's how it should be. Um, but there are situations where that really uh, could become cumbersome or, or even hostile. Um, um, you know, if, if you if you're talking about people rather than policies, for mm. instance, if you wanted to, and this is how we've in fact used it, um, if you wanted to form a small group and you wanted three people to be in that group, um, and you wanted to do this by consensus, you can get what you get in you know, people elections. You could get people who have strongly expressed opinions. Um, you get to negative opinions. You get to people forming factions and voting blocks. Um, and um, that, I imagine, could easily happen in co-housing. Um, just like it happens in the in the in the larger world. Yeah, I don't um, want like, which like which offered is, to get a small group to be like the same thing as if I ran for office. That would be really awkward to be in my yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you just look at school boards and it, it happens. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> one of one of my favorite favorite slaps of the academic world is is politics in the academic world is that much more vicious because so much less is at stake. <laughs> that is wicked. So let's, let's say let's say this wasn't about uh, an issue; it was about people. And you just wanted to form a committee of three, 
and you wanted to have the process be as wide open as it could possibly be um, without uh, having it go on forever. Um, because, you know, when you start with, how many members are we? We're now at 24, right? 37 um, adults, but 20, yeah, 25 households. Household. 25 households, but then, you know, my kids would run for stuff if they could. <laughs> all right, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, let me rethink all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so um, it, it, we want to form a group of three and we start with, with 36 and the number of combination of permutations is endless. Yeah. try to come to a consensus on that. Um, it would take us uh, months. So um, we um, came up with a different way of doing it that involves ranked choice voting. And instead of having people run as candidates, we asked people to just go back and send us a list of the three people that you think are uh, most qualified um, or five people or six people, just send us a list. And then we simply looked at um, first, second, and third choices uh, that people sent in to arrive at our uh, three nominees. And it was, it was, it just, what, it took four days to yeah. collect all that. And it, it worked and the outcome was, was good. We had, a, we had a very, very um, excellent set of people that worked on the design liaison teams. So. Um, In fact, it, we've used it for three committees now, I believe. We used it for the design liaison team, right? For the which is interfaces between the architects and the membership, we used it for the uh, CIT, which is the construction interface team, same between professional development team and the community. And then the third one was on our HOA documents team, which um, I th will interface between the lawyers and the developer and the community. Um, I, I, I think it seemed like a really great process. Um, yeah, I felt like there were no hard feelings coming out of, you know, mo like if you'd done it in a community setting, you know, I can really see the potential for some hard feelings. And it's not like you're going to, unlike a policy decision where consensus, you're going to buff it and make it better by having the whole group weigh in. Um, you're not really going to fundamentally change me by like having the whole group tell me they wish I did something differently, you know? So I, I feel like it's a nice way of kind of pulling pulling the um, person out of what is ultimately the, an election of a person, you know? Yeah, and, and by our experience, it gets, it gets a good result. Yeah, and so I wanted to add to one thing that we've done that, Jan, I don't think comes from the ranked choice voting world, but is rather from a recommendation from co-housing consultants, is that when you come to any vote, whether or not you use ranked choice voting, you take the, um, the first person who is in the, the, the line and you ask, when you have a second person, you ask the first person, could they work with that second person? And if they say yes, then great. You go on to the third person and you ask the first and second people if they could work with the third person. If they say yes, then great, you've got a three-person team. If somebody says no during that process, then you go on to the next person because ultimately you want a group of three that works well together. Um, yeah. And I don't think that they do that in the broader political world, right? No, we don't have those conversations. And, 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 don't, and those conversations are very private. This is not the question that, yeah. that is asked in front of everybody. So uh, we still maintain our, our sense of community and make it easier to accept that you are not 
Yeah, that's a good point. There's also like a sense of amnesia. Like once the team is formed, then there's no like, we don't go and document, you know, who came in where, kind of do any of that stuff. And we just announce mm-hmm. that the team is done and, and move on and go on to other important things and <laughs> not worry about it. Hey, I've got a ad hoc uh, question we hadn't discussed before, but it just hit me. What would we do if somebody had to drop out from that team? Would you go back to those? That's just made me think about it when you said we don't retain all those results, or would you just start again? You would start again. Okay. Well, I'm nodding my head because it's a different group when you start again. Well, let's say there's a group of three and one has to drop out after six months because for for whatever reason, the reason's not germane. Now you're looking for one replacement. And again, the ranked choice voting works only when you have multiple options. Yep. So do you have any other thoughts, Jan, about you've, you've, uh, you're kind of this like treasure trove of interesting things that we can bring into um, co-housing. Do you have any other thoughts on other ways that cooperative decision-making can borrow from the broader world to be better, more efficient or more inclusive or just better? Well, it's, it's how do you um, how do you make complex decisions? Um, we some of the policies that we have to come to a conclusion on that can be very 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 um, complex. Um, I don't know how many pages our pet policy is, but <laughs> I know that the city council ordinance um, that governs pets is fifty pages. Um, and um, we're going to get to, our, our budgets are not going to be simple. Our budgets are going to be quite complex um, and could be, you know, 10 or 12 spreadsheet pages filled with immense detail. Um, and um, that, under our consensus model, that can become um, very, very uh, uh, time consuming. And you know you don't always have time. Yeah. Um, and um, you, you you know sometimes you're under a deadline. You have to have a budget by a certain day. I mean that's just the way it is. Um, so you you could in order to come something that you bring to consensus, not as a substitute for consensus, but something that you bring to consensus, you could start doing um, some form of weighted voting. Now, I, you know buyer beware weighted voting um, tools can become really really complicated but you can it's really simple and we want to simplify so we could use some form of weighted voting to um, arrive at a proposal um, that we could all uh, might get behind Um, and that is pretty simple you know you have uh, 10 things you got to deal with and I care deeply about uh, one thing, let's say cats or songbirds. <laughs> and I care less about uh, limits on pythons. Yep. Or uh, whether python eggs are edible. I mean, you know, it's just, okay, that's just, you know, whatever. <laughs> do with the python eggs what you want to do. Um, and, and so I could simply say, well, here are the 10 things and um, you give me, um, um, some number of points, and I'll give eight points to the thing that I think is the most important. 
and two points to things that I think are less important and zero mm -hmm. points to the Python egg issue. And then you could simply look at how, how the, where were most people on average? So you could do summing or averaging or whatever <clears throat> to, to rank order the policies and assuming they're not in conflict with each other. Um, then you, you know, that helps you arrive at a, a proposal to submit to consent. You know, Jan, that dawns, it dawns on me that that's useful both as the person who's crafting a consensus statement to look and be able to see. I mean, I think people intuitively do that when they're crafting a consensus statement. Like I heard a lot about this and, you know, there was a lot of passion mm. about this and there was this one other comment hanging out out here, but that one's probably not as important because I only heard it from one person and kind of obliquely, you know, as a side note. So this is the bulk of what we're working on. I think people do that you know, intuitively, but it'd be interesting to um, give it some formal, you know, uh, either, you know, you get two, two things that you get to kind of put an extra emphasis on or, you know, something like that so that people in the community also have a sense of uh, expenditure of their own currency. What do you really care about? Or are you just, you know, you're 12th in the, in the round and, and you're adding something because you're adding because, you know, you we're all smart. We've got ideas and you can add something. But the things you really cared about were actually earlier in the in the round, you know, some way of being able to emphasize them without kind of rehashing all of the reasons or everything. Um, but some way of, of giving people a way of kind of spending their currency um, as you're as you're crafting that statement. I really like and, that. And we've come close to doing this um, when we went on our decision-making around value engineering. We did mm -hmm. something that informally kind of looked like that. And when we very early on did prioritizing, <laughs> when we when we built a list that was insustainably rich, we had, you know, greenhouses. <laughs> and, John, your greenhouse is coming. It will happen. <laughs> <laughs> just for the record i recognize that greenhouses were not embraced by a large number of my fellow co-housers they but, didn't get you know, enough dots on the flip chart uh, but it's and yeah we all come to you when our orchids are dying so you know yeah. <laughs> there you go excellent anyway, anyway, well is there I anything think, I think, yeah i think it's a way of making a consensus our consensus process, which is again, that's this is our base process, um, um, uh, both uh, uh, simpler and and richer. And that, that is the, there is the magic of if you can make it simpler and richer, that is, yeah, that's the good stuff. Well, that's my opinion. Everybody might agree. I think I think this is very good. Well, Jan, we just want to thank you again for for. Uh, allowing us to intrude on your relaxed Wednesday here and uh, schedule a podcast interview with you. Appreciate your thoughts on this and especially appreciate you guiding us through some of these um, new to many of us waters, you know, and offering up more much appreciated and thanks to our listeners today for stopping by we're so glad you clicked on our episode for more information about our project co-housing houston 
go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about co-housing, we like cohousing.org. We're really active on social media, so check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Co-Housing Houston. We'll see you next time.